0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of Popcorn Hangover. I'm John. I'm Anna. And today, even though we promised a guest episode, we don't have a guest, but we are doing a throwback movie.
1: No one want to be our guest. Everyone's yeah. too busy for us, so.
0: <laughs> so you just get us, but we are doing a movie that I feel a lot of our listeners have a lot of nostalgia for.
1: But I also think that people are going to be annoyed because we keep doing the same things. But if no one wants to be on the show, then we're going to do superhero movies all the time, and that's... Your fault, people.
0: <laughs> also, before we reveal the movie, which you already know because you've clicked on the episode, um, we just kind of wanted to watch this in general because I bought the trilogy well, like a I month ago. I bought the trilogy. Yeah, whatever. One of us bought the trilogy. <laughs> we live together. My so money. Both of ours. Um, but today we're doing Spider-Man 2002, the first Sam Raimi movie. Definitely a lot to talk about here. I used to watch this movie as a kid all the time. I mean, quite literally, I would watch this, The Phantom Menace, Batman and Robin. Um, (laughs) Such strong choices. I mean, I've watched like old Star Wars stuff too, but like for blockbuster movies, this was in my rotation. I don't know if I saw this in theaters.
1: I don't remember. I can't remember. Honestly.
0: I don't know if I saw any of these in theaters, even though I loved them and we own them on DVD, so I don't know. But definitely something I have a lot of nostalgia for, but I haven't watched in five or six years because- It is impossible to stream these unless you have a Star subscription, which most people don't.
1: I feel like I've seen, like, them on cable sometimes. They used to be on cable all the time. Yeah, so I feel like that's, like, the last time. But again, like, there's so, like you said, like, these are so nostalgic and, like, so many scenes from these movies. I mean, this movie specifically, but all three of them. But, like, this movie specifically are just ingrained in your mind. Like, you just know everything from that scene front and back. And I just think it's because it was such an iconic superhero movie of the early 2000s. And it really, like, changed the genre. I mean, the whole series changed the genre.
0: I mean, we'll get into this more. But, like, a lot of critics really think that this is the first modern superhero movie. This is when the genre took a shift. And also some are blockbusters. Like, this movie, I'll get into it with the synopsis. But, like, this did this made way more money than they expected it to make. Mm-hmm. This, this was, like, a surprise hit, almost. Um, but before we get to that... Uh, not really sure, there's no news to talk about, really, that I can think of. Um, we've been watching What If, we've been watching Ted Lasso, I picked up, I started it last year, there's, like, this really cool art theft documentary on Netflix, I started it up, I forgot about it, and then I was like, oh, I might finish that today, so I watched that.
1: <laughs> I'm deep, deeply into my reality TV, um, reality TV show, I don't competition show obsession. Yeah um you know bachelor paradise takes up my time and i'm starting the circle which is another time-consuming thing for me so just let me have my trash reality t- tv competition shows i'm all about it
0: oh and uh we're still watching scrubs i think yep. we were watching it at the time we recorded our last one but we're in, we're on and off watching scrubs love that show i am so glad that it's on prime with no ads in the original music because that show is spectacular and, oh, I've also been on a Christopher Nolan kick lately. I watched Interstellar, and I came to the same conclusion it is an okay movie. And I just re Tenet with subtitles, and I'll contend that is a good movie. So I want to watch The Dark Knight next, but I'm not going to watch that soon. Because I have to watch the whole trilogy then, and that's, that's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Regardless. Oh, sorry, one last thing. It is superhero-related, so I apologize for being on the same thing. I started watching Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Very interesting, and if you like Brendan Fraser... It's a lot of Brendan Fraser, so he's the best. But let's get on to Spider-Man 2002. We already introduced it. Most of you, I would assume, have seen it multiple times. I feel like this is a superhero movie that people who don't like superhero movies watch. Yeah. Um, very mainstream. But Spider-Man 2002, or it's just called Spider-Man. I don't know why I keep saying 2002. Sorry, everyone. But it shows the origin of Spider-Man. Um, it focuses on high school outcast Peter Parker and and when he is bitten by a radioactive spider on a class field trip, which grants him super ho- superpowers and leads him on his path to becoming Spider-Man. Faced with a formidable foe undergoing his own origin, the Green Goblin, and the struggles of leading a double life, Peter navigates his new identity as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. The film is credited for redefining what a superhero movie and summer blockbuster could be, and is considered by many critics to be the first modern superhero film. It has a stacked cast... But at the time, a lot of these casting decisions were kind of risky because it was a lot of people just starting off their acting careers, Um, but it stars Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane, Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn, James Franco as his son Harry, and J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, who I forgot how little he's on screen, but just steals the show every time he's on screen. Uh, it had a budget of 139 million dollars, and it grossed 825 million dollars at the time of its release. It was the sixth highest-grossing movie of all time, but funnily enough, was only the third highest-grossing movie of 2002. Uh, two movies came out after it: uh, a little something called *The Lord in the Rings*, *The Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers*, and *Harry Potter: The Chamber of Secrets*, which made more than *Spider-Man 2*. But at the time it came out, it was huge blockbuster it's still 36th all time so it's nothing to sneeze at um it has a 90 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes and kind of surprising to me a 67 percent audience score which is a lot lower than i expected but mainly because spider-man 2 the sequel is like a masterpiece by yeah. most people and i think it's in the 90s for both critic and audience
1: but it could be like the audience also could be people going back and watching yeah. the other Spider-Man movies and then going back and saying, this isn't as good as the other Spider-Man movies that have come out, which yeah. is, like, stupid, but...
0: Which, I mean, that'll probably be something we talk about here and there. Like, I mean, I think when I think about this, and just to start off, I think that Tobey Maguire- Maguire's the best Peter Parker. I don't know if he's the best Spider-Man, but I think for Peter Parker, despite the fact that he looks 10 years too old... Um, yeah, let's
1: start... Let's start with the casting and the ages. Like that's the I think that is be one of the biggest um, criticisms of this movie and series is that they couldn't that the the age the ages and the way everyone looked it was all over the place. Yeah, but so the youngest and closest to her age was Kirsten Dunst, who was nineteen, which I couldn't believe because in Small Soldiers she is 16 or 15 in that and she's actually 16 like she's playing a 16 year old so i think maybe that threw me off because she looks so old here much older here i think they put way too much makeup on her and they made her look a lot older than like than a what well, she's supposed to be 17 and then james franco was 23 which he looked really young which i thought he, he
0: looked younger than kirsten yes Jonst.
1: and then there was toby mcguire who was twenty-six years old. And so by the time he was he was supposed to, like Toby Maguire was thirty-one when filming the last one. Yeah. And he's supposed to be seventeen. And so and he looks older. And whereas if you want to compare that to the other two Spider-Man that have been on film, Andrew Garfield was twenty-seven years old. But he is he looks younger in general. And they yeah. made him look younger. I think they, they did a good job of like making him look younger. And then I everyone argues that Tom Holland looks the closest to looks and acts the closest to a teenager. Yeah. And he is supposed to be 15 in Spider-Man Homecoming. And he actually was 20 years old at the time. But again, he was the clo- he is the closest to in just like age gap to, yeah. to Spider-Man. Um but I think part of that we John and I talked about that part of that is in the early 2000s all just, high school movies were high schoolers looked way too old. They were obsessed not even with just, making them in yeah, their cast too. Old. Yeah,
0: not even not even just movies, shows. They, yeah. I mean this was the norm. Like 25-year-olds played 16-year-olds.
1: I mean this was even a thing like in yeah. for high school musical. Now, like they looked way too old.
0: Now I'll say this, I I think the reason for that is probably it's just harder to get good acting performances out of people that are in their teens.
1: But I think now that's not a thing. Yeah. I, I think now, like, you watch shows, you watch Disney, Disney Channel movies now, and, I mean, or, like, even you watch movie. like, the thing is, like, Tom Holland, like, he, I think they are getting better. There are so many more. And also, but I do think that they're making them look younger. Like, they don't yeah. put as much makeup on them. They dress them differently. Like... What Joe Manginello
0: like Joe Manginello so Joe (laughs) Manginello plays Flash Thompson if you don't know the name off the top of your head he is Peter's bully he is legitimately like 6'5 he is a grown ass man he
1: looks like he's 35 years Um, old
0: he also was in the final three for playing Peter Parker he was almost Peter Parker
1: that's crazy
0: which is I mean there's
1: no way he should have been Peter Parker like
0: and I think Joe Manginello is a fantastic actor he's in other stuff he he might end up in the MCU as Craven, who's a Spider-Man villain, which would be really good. He's like a bounty hunter, basically, but, like, way too old. I mean, the the scene that sticks out, and I'm not the first person to notice this, but, like, when they go on their class field trip, the students are the same age as their teacher. Yeah. it It is very noticeable. Um, They're the same age as the scientists in that lab. It's just very... They just needed to add some variety.
1: It was... Yeah, it's strange. I mean, but I think what this... What this movie series does well, the, like really well, is like this is the most Peter Parker. If you watch I mean, like the animated series or if you or if you read Spider Man comic books, like this is Peter Parker. Yeah. This is Spider Man. Like
0: Peter Parker's life sucks. It, anytime he gets one step forward, it's always two steps back. This movie navigates the. He's
1: uncomfortable and awkward yeah. and not in a cute way. Yeah. He, like his. The, like they also like show like, yeah he they show his genius but also like his lack of confidence in himself 100 really well um but i do think this movie does not know what time period it's in
0: i think so going back i can't find any evidence of this in the research i did by the way i did more research for this episode than probably our last like 25 combined because this movie is very interesting it has an interesting backstory I think intentionally they made it so it's kind of out of a time period.
1: I guess, but it doesn't even seem like it. It like it, obviously everything is two thousand looks two thousands, but like these <laughs> these three students. One one doesn't really do any acting and now wants to be an actress. The other one <laughs> want he is a gifted genius and he's like. I'm just gonna
0: take pictures and take pay pictures, my way through school Pay my
1: way through school you couldn't get a full ride to MIT and then the and then um Harry Harry just like I don't even know what the hell Harry's doing Harry's like,
0: like not that bright and just wants to impress his dad because his dad doesn't love him because I mean his dad's a psychopath like well,
1: his dad wasn't a psychopath before
0: no he kind of was I mean the Green Goblin just brings out more of Norman's like but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I have one more age thing I want to talk yeah. about. Because I turned to you and I was like, so they say Uncle Ben is 68 in this movie. Uncle Ben and Aunt May, they make it seem like they're on death's door. They make it seem like they're like 90. And he's like, I'm 68. I can't be doing it. And I'm like, 68's not old. It, it, they're like ancient. They make them seem ancient. It's wild. Though, I will say, like, that actor who plays Uncle Ben, I'm glad we haven't had an Uncle Ben in the MCU because, like, it's done well. I like the Aunt May in this one, too, as, like, more of a grandmother than an actual mother, it seems. I don't know. I I like that element of it, too. I like a lot of the human element stuff in this movie.
1: No, I mean, it is... It looks... It feels... They talk like... It it feels like Spider-Man. It feels like a comic book. Like, it doesn't... I think, like, they do so well of, like, bringing this to life. And it makes, like... I mean, Tom McGuire is great. Like, I mean, I think I wish he got this role. I wish they made this movie, or I wish he was a little bit born a little bit later. Yeah, because it, I think it would have been even better. Like, I think people would criticize him and his performance less hundred percent if he was younger because they just can't get past the fact that he looks too old.
0: Yeah, and I he think
1: he does it well. Like he does. He portrays him well, like, he looks like him, he acts, like, it, it, he's good, good and acting. And
0: it's a thing, too, like, I've seen some people criticize, they're like, this, Toby McGuire's line delivery is too corny. It's like, this script is corny <laughs> as hell. This,
1: and this was how superhero movies were. But,
0: but more importantly, that's how comics are. Yeah. Like, there are dark comics and stuff, but, like, Spider-Man, by and large, is, like, a very, you know, it's corny. it's based on, yeah. Like, like, Sam... Uh, sorry to jump ahead because i have all these fun facts about directors and stuff sam raimi got this because he was like a spider-man nerd like other people were quote-unquote better directors that were in the running but sam raimi was like i know spider-man inside and out like he
1: will honor it
0: Uh, yeah and like sam raimi i think he said one of the first things he ever read was a was a spider-man comic book like that's how deeply personal this is to him And
1: when it shows Yeah you
0: can show I mean the scene Where he's like Designing his costume Is straight up a comic book It is so cool Like I I don't know But yes It's corny dialogue But it's not on Tobey Maguire Like It's hysterical too In hindsight
1: It's so funny It is entertaining As hell to watch Like when you're like There What was the part That I cringed So hard Oh when he's like I know Spider-Man She He's like He's (laughs) kind of a friend of mine I literally cringed And again like but I think what's so cringy about it is because if they were actually teenagers and looked like teenagers, I would be less cringy. But it's more so like they—they're like in their twenties, and I'm like my ass saying that when I'm twenty, <laughs> like is like when I'm like twenty five, yeah. Versus like me, yeah, me saying that now versus me saying something like that when I was eighteen, like totally makes more sense. Like it's it's funny. yeah, it's just I love the lines. I love how corny it is. Like it's. It's, and they, we also said it gets straight to the point. Like, oh my god, there's not a wasted
0: second in this movie. No,
1: they move this, this origin story gets moved along so well. You are never bored. You are never like, oh, can we get to the action already? It keeps you entertained no matter what's going
0: on. Yeah. And there's, there's never in the movie like a big, like, I mean, I love the modern MCU, but sometimes there's big tone shifts, like, from scene to scene. That doesn't happen here. It is a, it is like so consistent it doesn't matter if the Green Goblin is blowing up the Daily Bugle's office or, like, bombing Aunt May's house. Like, like everything that happens in this movie is very... Like, it just all fits. There's no big, like, snap moment where you just are kind of like, ah, you know, you're taken out of it a bit. It just all makes sense. All this makes sense that it could happen In and everyone's a weirdo in this world and, like, of course, like, the Green Goblin is gonna wear this corny-ass costume (laughs) and, like, I mean, that costume looks horrible, but the original design is, like, nightmare fuel, so I'm glad they went with this one. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't gush enough about this. I, I love this movie. It's a good movie.
1: <laughs> I think, like, one thing that I wish, you know, I don't know. I actually don't know if I wish it or not. Like, I would like your opinion. Um, we were talking about the Uncle Ben scene and, mm-hmm. and how, you know, when he, I think the scene when he, when he's talking to him and telling him with great power comes great responsibility belly is great. Yeah. It's. Well, acted again, it's hard to believe because he's supposed to be said. Like, I, I, there's so many things I think would be more emotional and make more sense if, like, if mm-hmm. you believe the ages. Maybe if they were close, I think if Uncle Ben was actually in his 60s and, yeah. and, and, you know, and Tony McGuire looked like he was younger, the whole line, like, then, like, I know I'm not your father and stuff, acting like it would hit like
0: would hit you
1: more but i think that it's the the lines like the the dialogue for that scene is like so good Mm -hmm. it's captures you like you're you feel it but i think where they missed is they don't show uncle ben's death and it's it's very like he dies he's dead yeah it affects him obviously but then it's kind of like you don't really see you see the aftermath like you see him at the funeral whatever but then like you don't really see like the real emotion until after he graduates, and he's like, "I miss him. I wish he was there."
0: Yeah, and Uncle
1: Ben's with him, but I think maybe it's because like in the in the Amazing Spider-Man that is like so emotional, like that scene. So, but I don't know. But maybe them not doing that moves the story along faster.
0: Maybe so. You would ask for my take on it, yeah. and the way I think is that like, yeah, it probably could help to see the death directly, but because you s- they focus so much on like how. Because I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man, so I can't speak to how they do it well or not. But in this one, like, that scene where the robber, like, runs past him, like, they focus so much on everything that led up to it. So I don't even think you need to see the death because p- you feel that they, weight of responsibility. They
1: do it the same the same weight in Amazing Spider-Man. I think even more so, like, again, The Amazing Spider-Man is a lot darker and the weight of the death on... Of the death of Uncle Ben on Peter Parker in that one is like yes, the Uncle Ben's words, Uncle Ben's spirit is like is always living through uh-huh. Par- it, through Tobey Maguire Spider Man throughout all three. Like, yeah, you know that like what his purpose and his sense of responsibility is because of Uncle Ben and mm-hmm. what he wants to make him proud. But in the Amazing Spider Man, I haven't seen the second one, but the first one, it's like. He is like aton, like atoning, like it's like uh-huh. he's making it, trying to make amends for what he caused, and that, and it's like it's a dark yeah. piece of his life that is like reason why he is the way he is. Okay, so it's like a very different kind of mood.
0: Gotcha, and I'm not
1: saying one's better than the other. It's just it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I mean,
1: and then we get the MCU where Uncle Ben is never mentioned.
0: The only mention of uncle Ben in the m c u is, is on his suitcase. it's on his suitcase, and in a what if episode he he directly mentions Uncle Ben, but yeah i I mean I think that that part of it is done well there's not much honestly there's not much of this movie I would change because one, I think that it just serves as a very good like time capsule two um and I think it just focuses on the right stuff. I'm not smart enough to know if. Like, I mean, if they showed his death, I don't necessarily think it adds anything. It might make it worse. It might just make, be, like, out of tone for this.
1: You're right. I think the tone was, like, the tone didn't change. It was like, oh, gosh, yeah, Uncle Ben's dead. But yeah. I mean, it, like, moves the story along rather than being, like, this emotional, emotional moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, So another thing I really want to talk about, now that we've gone through kind of initial things... uh. Willem Dafoe in this movie is I, I, one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. He is fantastic. He's also one of my favorite actors. He,
1: he carries, <laughs> carries the show and like, literally, they must have just been like, Willem Dafoe, do whatever the hell you please with this script. Like, you get this script. I mean, do you, you think add- he had
0: a script? Honestly, you could tell me he didn't and I'd be like,
1: no, I think they gave him. I- they gave him the script. They say you're going to be the Green Goblin. You're insane. Do it, and he did it. Like he is on broad, do not, not Broadway. He's like he's on the stage in uh, in theater in yeah. theater, and he acted his heart out. Like it was so, so dramatic good. in the most amazing way. Like I laughed out loud so many times.
0: I mean, he has the funniest, the darkest. Like, uh, pick any emotion, he has that line the best of everything.
1: And like the I do think this this movie is a great way. I mean, I guess Sam Raimi is a is a horror yeah. director. It, so like you could like the parts where like they're showing like his insanity and like that there's it's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde type thing. Yeah. Um and and that Jekyll's taking over. No, it's no, Hyde. Hyde is taking <laughs> over. <laughs> Sorry. And Hyde is continuing to taking over him. Um, it's so good, like, the fact that, like, the mirror scene, like, okay, that's one of my favorite that's, things. That's,
0: that's what I wanted to talk about. I think that's the best scene of this movie. I don't know how they filmed it, because his mouth doesn't move in the mirror. I think they, like, filmed two yeah. and spliced it together. But that scene is just so damn good.
1: No, I mean, I think my favorite scene in the movie is, like, when Peter, like, realizes his powers, and he's doing, like, the jumping from, like, oh that's just such an iconic thing, like, when he, like, then, like, the hand, like, the... The things coming out of his hands. Oh, God,
0: no. (laughs) The little tendrils. Oh, oh my God, it's disgusting. There's very few... Like, that and the fact that the webs come out of his arm really (laughs) creeped me out from this trilogy. But, no, I think that that's, that's a cool scene. I just think that the mirror scene is, like... I mean, it's so creative. It's so... It's such a good way to inform people, like, what the Green Goblin is. On a very, you know, a very efficient level. Because, like, everyone understands, like, a split personality story. Because, like you said, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that's old. Like, that's something that exists in a lot of stories. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to convey.
1: Well, yeah, and it's cool. It, they were showing the, like, as the story can- goes on, it's like he's more and more there. He's more and more present. Like, yeah. Yeah, It just, was cool. It's cool, cool.
0: Yeah, and I still, I mean, I was saying this, so I don't really know what the Green Goblin serum in the comics is supposed to be, but, like... The way they describe it in the movie, it sounds a lot like they're just trying to recreate the super soldier serum from Captain America, but they can't say that because they don't have the rights to it. Though, a fun fact about a crossover that was supposed to happen, Wolverine was supposed to appear in this movie, even though Fox and Sony like had no shared rights, but Hugh Jackman was going to come on set for like a day, and wherever he was coming from had bad weather, so they had to scrap it because he like just couldn't get off the ground. And I don't know what the hell that would look like, or even if that would lead to anything. But that's one of the bigger, like, what ifs in superhero... Like, if that goes well, who knows what superhero movies are today.
1: Yeah, no. No idea. I mean, cray.
0: Yeah. Um. Another thing I wanted to talk about... Uh. There's one more iconic scene I want to talk about, but... Is Harry a bad friend?
1: I don't... I started the movie off being like, Harry's an asshole... Harry sucks. We hate <laughs> Harry. And then by the end, you're like, damn, like, Harry's life kind of sucks. Like, Harry just, like, Harry just, I mean, like, all Peter... all
0: three of their protagonists' lives suck.
1: I know, but in so many different ways. Like, Harry is just like, he wants this girl... She doesn't really love him. Now she's with Peter, like, shit. Also, and his, his, Mary
0: Jane gets around. She dated Flash at the start of the movie and then dated Harry. She's in love with Spider-Man, but she's also in love with Peter Parker because she doesn't realize they're the same person. Just
1: friends.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's that's all I have to give.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but Harry, like, by the end when he, like, gives his dad, like, he just wants his dad to, like, Pay oh attention. no! He
0: he wants his dad to love him, and I get that he's jealous that his dad like meets Peter one time and, and like, is like
1: obsessed with him. You
0: know, I'm something of a scientist myself. myself.
1: <laughs> like it at the end, I was like, okay, I'm coming on to Harry, like, and you know, and Harry hates Spider Man. You know why? Because he saw him carrying his father's dead body. Yeah,
0: I mean, he has good reason to hate Spider Man, though. I don't know. I, I don't love what they do with Harry in the whole trilogy. Like, when Harry becomes the new Green Goblin, it's though that's in that absolute tire fire of a third movie. No. Like, this could have been a great trilogy. It could have been great. But the third movie is legitimately like a dumpster pick, fire.
1: You gotta pick a villain. And I don't think that... Thank
0: you, Avia Rod.
1: I don't think that any of those three... I don't know if
0: Sandman's fine, because he's but very sympathetic, because it's, like, his wife... He's and-
1: sympathetic, but was he, like, strong enough to carry the entire movie?
0: No, and he wasn't supposed to originally. I forget who the original villain was going to be, but it wasn't any of those three. Oh, no, uh... No, that was the fourth one. The fourth one was going to be Mysterio, but I don't know who the third original villain was. I know that Venom was shoehorned in by a producer, and, yeah, it was... And a- that
1: killed... I mean, we can talk about this a whole other time. That killed... Um, what's his name's career?
0: Oh, Topher Grace?
1: Topher Grace's career was destroyed by that movie.
0: Yeah, which is a shame, because Topher Grace- he was a rising star. Topher Grace is a good actor. He's
1: a good actor, he was a rising star, and this poor man was just-
0: I jumped out of my seat a few years ago, we watched Black Klansmen when Topher Grace shows up as David Duke, I was like, whoa. He was great. I mean, yeah, Topher, Topher Grace can act, um, but- Yeah We'll we'll probably never talk about the third one on this podcast Maybe one day if we want to talk about a really bad movie Um But okay There's a scene we have to talk about I'm surprised we waited this long But the upside down kiss Um
1: Is that like a thing in the comics? Or do they make that up for this?
0: I have no idea I I honestly have no idea
1: It's iconic I'll give you that It is uncomfortable It's stupid I am uncomfy (laughs) watching it like it's but I think the reason why I'm uncomfortable watching it is because my one of my biggest gripes is that Kirsten Dunst and Toby Maguire had zero zero chemistry
0: which is wild because they, they dated which is I, I just can't wrap my brain around it they seem like in some scenes in this movie it's fine
1: it's like sweet little crush yeah like, again Great high school. Um, but that scene... I don't know. I don't know if it's her. I think it's
0: made creepier by the fact that it's wet. Like, that but makes like, who, it worse. I don't
1: know if it's both of them or if it's like... Sometimes she's doing too much. Yes. And I love Kirsten Dunst. Like, don't get me wrong. Sweetheart of the early 2000s.
0: Yeah. I, I'm just... i I think she's good as Mary Jane... But I also don't think she's good at Mary Jane. At the same time I
1: feel like there could have been someone better.
0: Well, is this a great time to transition into what this movie could have been? Because okay. there's a lot of there's a lot of uh a lot of casting, a lot of director, there's a lot of the whole history of this movie is fascinating. All right, give it to me. Okay. The original number one choice for Mary Jane, she was offered and turned it down, was Kate Hudson.
1: Interesting I don't... I don't know. I mean, I think personality-wise, it could have been a lot of personality.
0: Now, I don't know if I like the pick or hate the pick, because I honestly have no frame of reference for Kate Hudson early 2000s, so it's hard for me... How to
1: lose a guy in 10 days.
0: Yeah, I don't... I've seen that, like, twice, so... you
1: I think she would have had a lot of personality, and I think it might have been... Made Mary Jane a little more interesting? Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not... I don't hate it. Okay, continue. Okay,
0: so... The story behind how Kirsten Dunst got this part, she was approached to audition and said no like three or four times. Tobey Maguire was cast a month before shooting was supposed to start, and when Tobey Maguire was cast, she decided to finally audition, and they offered her the part, and she accepted because she said, quote, I thought it was going to have an independent movie feel, like something that became one of the biggest franchises ever. She thought it was going to be like more of an independent movie. Which is wild to me. I mean, Sam Raimi wasn't, like, a blockbuster director, but, like, this had serious money behind it. Like, it's just a wild quote to me. Um, Executives flew out. She was in Germany working on something else at the time. They flew out to Germany for her to audition instead of making her come to L.A. or New York. So, like, they really wanted Kirsten Dunst. But...
1: But actress Kate Hudson. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, So, that's one. Um... It, before we do casting, I'm going to take a step back, just to let you know how long this movie took to make. Oh, yeah. So, interest in a live-action Spider-Man movie goes as far back as 1980. Um, at one point... So, there there have been a ton of directors. I'm only going to call out a few before we get to Sony, and then that's its own thing. So, the most notable was in the late 80s, James Cameron. His had the biggest traction of anything. Um, There were... no At... No fewer than 15 Spider-Man projects that, like, at least started work before this one got off the ground. But Spider-Man had really complicated licensing issues because Marvel didn't really do film rights. So a bunch of studios kind of had the rights to it. And basically, if you tried to make a Spider-Man movie, they would just sue you. So, like, Columbia thought they had the rights to it and they would get sued by whoever. Pick a studio, like Paramount or whatever. So that was one reason. Um, Another reason was ones that would get free of lawsuits would not put any money behind the project. So they'd say, here's 7 million bucks, go make a Spider-Man movie in 1987. Like, that's not gonna happen. It's gonna look like garbage. Um, Now, the James Cameron one, most notably, his pick for Spider-Man, who was attached the entire time and through the 90s. I think 95 is when he stopped his dream. It was gonna be Leo. Leo was gonna be...
1: Oh!
0: (laughs) Leo was gonna be Peter Parker.
1: Leo's... Leo's uh, whole career would have been different Yeah Being a superhero
0: Yeah, I I mean, it could have tanked his career if the movie it, sucked
1: I mean, I don't know I mean, I think people talk about, like, who's the last Like, you know, like, old Hollywood And, like, who's a, a star Like, you know, like, a yeah. star A Hollywood, you know, it's like a
0: A leading man Like,
1: yeah, like, that's like Like, he's one of the only ones it's, left It's
0: like him, it's Brad Pitt It's yeah. Matt Damon, arguably McC- McConaughey McKinney does like
1: weird stuff, like no, but like Leo. I mean, Leo's been yeah. in like, comedies, but he's but it's yeah. like, like
0: Leo's two. like he's a attachment to any movie, and people are going to see it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was one. Now, talking with the Sony specifically, directors that they had considered were Roland Emmerich, who is a big name, made a lot of war movies. Um, Tim Burton, uh, Chris Columbus, who ultimately ended up doing Harry Potter and Home Alone and all that stuff ang lee who made the hulk um david fincher and m night Shyamalan.
1: oh god
0: um sam raimi as i said before won because of his passion for spider-man even though he was viewed as a little bit more of a risk um coming from horror they didn't really know how that was going to go um but eventually he won so now this is all going to be stuff about the raimi stuff they went through because this is wild um in the original raimi script Doc Ock was going to appear, but it was cut because they didn't want to do three origin stories, so they didn't want to add on to the Green Goblin and Peter Parker one. Uh,
1: I think that's a good idea. Yeah,
0: they cut it, moved it to the second one, which people consider to be the best of the trilogy, so that was a good move. Okay, the studio had expressed interest in previously mentioned Leo. They wanted Leo to come on. He said he wouldn't do it without James Cameron, so that (laughs) killed it pretty quickly.
1: Near,
0: Um, far, (laughs) Uh, Jude Law, Chris Klein, Wes Bentley, Freddie Prinz Jr., and Heath Ledger were in the final round of consideration. Okay, honestly. Heath I'm, Ledger would have been good.
1: No yes, but Freddie Prince Jr.
0: So, Freddie Prince Jr., this is this is a quote he, from Freddie Sam. Freddy
1: Prince Jr. would be like funny. Yes. Like that would have been funny.
0: Sam Raimi has gone on record and said, this is a direct quote. Freddie Prinze Jr. would not even be allowed to buy a ticket to see the movie, but he has never elaborated further as to why. So they have some issues. Some beef. They have never said why, because he auditioned for the part. I don't know if they offered and he turned it down or what happened, but or Sam Re- he
1: just dis- disgraced Spider-Man? I,
0: I don't know. Um, Joe Manganiello, who I mentioned eventually played Flash, was also considered for the role of Peter. All right, now we're going to get on to Norman Osborn. This is the last hypothetical. You mean-
1: that Willem Dafoe wasn't he the was not first the number and only one choice. choice? Oh my no. god.
0: I'm going to read you the other names, and I'm going to do the number one choice last. Willem Dafoe was the number two choice. Okay. Okay. Jason Isaacs, John Malkovich, and Jim Carrey. And then the number one choice for Norman Osborn, okay. who turned it down. He auditioned, but turned it down because of scheduling conflicts. Nick Cage.
1: Oh. That this movie would have been... <laughs> Imagine if... The top, all top choices, none of the top choices got, did this movie. So just imagine, no. you have Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Nicolas Cage.
1: Ni- Leonardo DiCaprio is Spider-Man. Nicolas Cage is the villain. And Mary Jane Watson is Kate Hudson. I... <laughs> I can't I,
0: imagine that movie.
1: I'm stressed. I, I can't imagine, like, Nicolas Cage in this movie. That... He doesn't. He's not a father figure to me. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, would, I mean, I mean, I like, was laughing at the Green Goblin in this one, but in like a more like like a camaraderie. Like, I'm yeah, like, yeah, and Defoe, you've got this. I would be insanely being like, this is a joke.
0: <laughs> I know. I mean, I can't imagine. Like, I need to see that. The same as I need to see the Nick Cage superhero movie that got canceled in production. The- what do
1: you mean? He's the. He's uh Ghost Rider, he's a superhero.
0: No, but but like as a as in like a mainline thing, like because the picture of Nick Cage, if you've never seen it, there's like a short video of Nick Cage doing the test for the Superman thing while he still had a mullet. It is immaculate. It is the biggest. I need to see that movie made. It was never made. It sucks. Go but to a
1: different universe.
0: Go to a different universe. I want to see that. Nick Cage's daughter, her middle name is Cal L. Like that's how much he loves Superman. So, it sucks. Sorry, not to get derailed on Nick Cage. But, we will always get
1: derailed on but, Nick Cage.
0: um, another real- There's some weird things about production. These are kind of the last, like, fun facts that I have. So, in the middle of filming, they had to stop production for two weeks because, um, someone stole all of the Spider-Man costumes from Sony's production trailer. Uh, they didn't find them for 18 months- And they eventually arrested the two people who were the security guards because they stole them and then tried to sell them, and that's how they got caught. You don't sell. Yeah. So that delayed production for a little bit. And then another thing that delayed the release, and this is very morbid, they had to re edit a good chunk of the movie because this came out in 2002, and a lot of shots had the Twin Towers in it. Um, After 9 11, they didn't feel that they should include that. You can find on YouTube the original trailer, and he does swing. ...off of the Twin Towers. Like, so that is out there. There is one remnant in the entire movie of the Twin Towers. There's a scene where he is on top of a building... ...and you can see it reflected in his eyewear... ...and they just never took it out. So, that is a very morbid fact... ...but that delayed the release of the movie by about a month... ...from what I was able to find. But, yeah, this movie has a ton of just wild facts around it. Can
1: I can I interrupt or and yes. or bookend that and just talk about my favorite line yeah. in this movie that took me I'm out no I don't know why I never realized this is what it meant and the fact that it took me like a minute and then I was like oh my god it's genius and the delivery um when they come for Thanksgiving also this is a little weird it's also in can we just talk about how this is in New York and there's not one. Piece of snow on the ground, and they're not even wearing winter coats. Like, let's just talk about that. Yeah. Um. But that's just weird to me. Um. And it's sorry Thanksgiving, and right before Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving, and people are working on Thanksgiving too. Um. Right before Thanksgiving is when the scene, also a great scene, when the building's on fire. Spider Man goes <laughs> to save the baby. Everyone's like, "I'm arresting you," and he's like,
0: "He's, he's like, like, I'm not I'm, coming back." I'm, I'm co-
1: <laughs> I'm leaving, I'm going, sir. So he's like, fine, I'll be waiting for you to come back. He's like, I'm not coming back. And then he goes back up there and Willem Dafoe is committed <laughs> to the bit. Like he is an old lady. He is in a, like. A shawl. A shawl wrapped around him. And, you know, they get in this fight. They He gives him an ultimatum, you know, all this stuff, whatever. And Spider-Man goes away. They're both going to Thanksgiving. Obviously don't know it's each other. Mm-hmm. And um, Willem Dafoe comes in. And he's like, hi, Aunt And He's like, oh, work was murder, and <laughs> I didn't get it until they went into like Peter's room to look for him. And then the, I'm like, oh my god, murder because he murdered people and he killed. I was like, well, oh did my- you not?
0: Did oh. you not catch the other pun in or the other line in that scene? What? So Peter walks in with the cranberry sauce and he says, oh. he said I have to. Be- I had to beat an old lady with a stick to get this because he hit Willem Dafoe with a piece of wood like, in the building.
1: That is literally. How can people think that this, how can people shit on this script so much when they, yes, it's corny, but they are genius. Like that is two of the best lines. Like, yeah. oh my God, I was dead, dead.
0: I, I, that scene, I think we paused. Yes, cause we
1: paused. And I was like, no, wait, what? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I just had to talk about that. Cause like that shit is so good. Like, there, who wrote this script?
0: <laughs> there are some random things I want to talk about still. Um, but there's one big thing I want to talk about. We haven't talked about it yet. Um, but the the effect of the Green Goblin's pumpkin bombs. Sometimes they just turn people into skeletons. Laughed out loud at that. I <laughs> I was I was dead. Like ah, God, that was so funny. But then sometimes it does nothing to people. So he it just like he's got, you settings, yeah, you know? he's got different
1: settings. Yeah, he's <laughs> got different settings.
0: But the the commitment where um, where. He's like throwing pumpkin bombs, and his own son is on the balcony. He's just like, I don't really care what happens to Harry. Like, screw him.
1: Because <laughs> at this point, he doesn't know that he's the Green Goblin yet. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> he's like, fuck you, Harry, man. And then he's like, I haven't been a good father to you. I'm gonna make up for it. Like all of a sudden, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, he loves her. She like, she loves him, and he loves her back. <laughs> like oh my god I'm sorry everyone I'm probably something like I'm crazy we gotta watch it to understand Like it is amazing
0: So one other thing that's amazing And kind of the last real major thing I want to talk about Unless you have stuff um, J.K. Simmons As J. Jonah Jameson uh, Similar to Willem Dafoe just carrying this movie I think he's on screen for like Six minutes and those six Minutes are just Immaculate I cannot believe how well they nailed this, and I really, really hope he is in more Spider-Man stuff going forward, as well, he was at the end of uh, Far From Home. John
1: also is obsessed with J. Jonah Jameson. No, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Why did I say J. Jonah Jameson? I
0: mean, that's who he plays. J.K. Simmons <laughs> oh, is yeah. one of my well, favorite actors. you're obsessed with both.
1: You're obsessed with both. Um, And J.K. Simmons, when J.K. Simmons showed up at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, John, like, gasped and almost jumped out of his seat.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, like, we were saying they nail a lot of castings in this movie. They really nail that one. There was an animated version of J.K., or not J.K. Simmons, of J. Jonah Jameson in, like, the Spider-Man animated series, and this was, like, the closest they could get to it, and also appearance-wise, but he has so many one-liners that are just, like, fantastic, and Peter gives him so much shit about, (laughs) like, his barber being terrible, and, like, there's just all these little things where he's just really good. And why he hates Spider-Man, no one really knows. And that's what makes it great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a mess!
0: I just love, I love when he's looking at the pictures, he's like, crap, 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 I'll give you 300 for it. <laughs> like, but also, I mean, so, a great scene with him, so when the Green Goblin blows up his office and is, like, choking him out, and he's like, tell me who takes your picture of Spider-Man, and he just won't do it and you were like oh it's he's like a good person and i'm like no it's cuz he doesn't want his competitors to know where he gets his pictures
1: i'm like i'm the mail
0: <laughs> we we also are idiots and we um so his assistant in this movie but
1: okay, i'm not an idiot i just want to along with what you said
0: and no that- you gasped you said is that her you no, said that
1: no. i said who is that you go that's Evangeline Lilly. And I'm like, no way. Am I to believe? And then once I got a good look at her, I was like, that is not Evangeline Lilly. His assistant. Whatever. It's fine.
0: We're fine. It's Elizabeth Banks. But I will say that Elizabeth Banks in 2002 looks similar to Evangeline Lilly in Ant-Man because they give her the same wig and their faces look kind of similar. So <laughs> okay.
1: so who is at fault here?
0: The the costume designers yes. are at fault yes. here. Um, I'm sure that they had exactly, like, two people that worked on both of, uh, probably not, Kevin Feige did, pro- he was one of the lower producers on this movie, so, who knows, maybe that was a Kevin Feige decision, he was like, wow, I really like that assistant, what if I made one of the main characters of my movies <laughs> this?
1: Yep, all that thought went into it. Okay, well, I feel like we've gotten, we we've talked about all the random stuff. Yeah. Let's go into, like, our final... Yeah. thoughts on this what would you rate this movie john
0: so initially i put an 85 but we're talking about it and i realized like how much i like this movie so i'm gonna say a 90
1: so high i don't think you can rate it that high because i feel like the next one not this one isn't good but the next one is such a step up
0: maybe i'll stick with an 85 then
1: I like the 85. I'm going to do an 85 too. <laughs> I just think the next, and like I, I've gone on record, we talking about this in the past. Like that is one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Yeah. It just shows the, you know, we could talk about this another day, but like Spider-Man two really just shows the push and pull of like your personal life and what, and being what me, what it means yeah. to be a superhero. And like, they just do it so well and choice and yeah. And I mean responsibility and power and like, you know, and insanity yeah. and like just craving things. Like it they do the powers at play that they do in that movie. Like I don't I mean, I guess I we're Marvel MCU fiends. Like we we love mm-hmm. the MCU. But I don't know if there's a movie that does like just has that right combination of those topics so well.
0: I mean, I think I think I can say two things about Spider-Man 2 that aren't shocking and shouldn't be controversial. One, it's the best Spider-Man movie. Well, Spider-Verse, I don't know if you can compare the two. Honestly, they're very different. But live action, Spider-Man 2 is the best. And I honestly don't know if you can top it. No. Like, I'm really excited for this upcoming one. But I don't know if they can top Spider-Man 2. Because, to be honest, I really like the Tom Holland Spider-Man but so much of his identity in the MCU is tied to other superheroes. He doesn't really stand on his own two feet.
1: Well, yeah, we and John and I've talked about this at length about how like Tom Holland might be, you know, I I don't know if people can go far enough to be say like he's the best Spider-Man ever. Yeah, he might act like this the Toby McTrain. He's the most
0: age appropriate. Yes,
1: and he might act like the Peter Parker that you want, and he's really charismatic, and that's great. But his identity We don't know the why Peter Parker is the way he is hinges so much on his upbringing and the loss of Uncle Ben, and we don't and and so much of the identity of this Peter Parker is hinged on Tony Stark.
0: Yeah, and not just Tony Stark; it's it's other heroes too. It's he is very. He's not self-sufficient.
1: Yeah. He... Like, we're, we're seeing in Spider-Man in, in Far From Home that he is smart, but like...
0: A- but, at, but the second that he gets a role model that he can look up to, he latches on and wants to deflect responsibility. Where Toby... Yes, Toby does look for father figures. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He wants Norman to be something for him. He he totally does.
1: And even more so in Doc Ock.
0: Yeah, even even more so. He wants to see the good in people, and he wants someone to be a mentor. But he doesn't want someone to take responsibility for him. He always retains that. Yeah. Whereas Tom Holland's Peter Parker, you know what, he wants to be a kid. And that's fine, but that's not really who Spider-Man is. I just feel like is. as we
1: continue to make these Spider-Man movies, there needs to be less of a focus on Tony Stark and yeah, and like what you know, that can't be. And I, I get a lot of people say it was a strength of them not to try and revamp another Spider-Man. Like I mm-hmm. think, I think that MCU did the right thing of just bringing him in, yeah. and starting like you know we know how it is, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think they did a good job with that. I think they, but I feel like at some point we're gonna have to get to this. We're gonna have to talk about Uncle Ben.
0: And I think that this movie in December is gonna talk about Hopefully. it. I think that. We're gonna get a scene where all three of them talk about their Uncle Ben's together. Um
1: because Spider-Man is Spider-Man's my favorite superhero, number one. Like just He's number
0: in. two for me. It's Batman well, and then yeah. Spider-Man.
1: But Spider-Man like, it's all of those like he his story and his like what he like works for is is so compelling mm-hmm. and it's so like relatable. And the fact that, like, like, I mean, I think it's great that he sees the good in everyone. Like, mm-hmm. that's why, like, Spider-Man villains are also always so great because they yeah. are so, like, you They're have, sympathetic. They're so sympathetic. But, yeah, I mean, I think they just need to do better. But I do- think it is crazy to me that people are, like, this is not their favorite. Tobey Maguire has been the best Spider-Man. Like, and they're-, they're each of them, I think you can't- I think Andrew Garfield did a good job, really good job at a...
0: Andrew Garfield's probably the best actor oh, out yeah. of the three of them. And he
1: did a really good job of like a mature Spider-Man in like the, the sense of like it's a darker origin story. He, yeah. he, he deals with a lot more and like and and he has to mature faster. Whereas, but I think all three of them do such a good job in such different ways. But I don't understand people can be like Toy Wire's the least favorite. Like yeah. what?
0: So I, I have a question for you. I know we said we were going to finish up, but this is probably the best time to talk about it before that movie comes up. Is there anything that you're like, first, I'll start with most excited for. So by now, the worst kept secret in Hollywood is that Tobey Maguire is, and Andrew Garfield are in the next MCU movie. We've seen confirmation that Doc Ock, we, he literally was on screen in the trailer. We saw the pumpkin bomb from Green Goblin. And Electro. And yeah, but I'm focusing just on the Raimi villains. Yeah. So, and then some people say that there's, like, a sandstorm, that that's gonna be Sandman. So, like...
1: Oh, God, what if Topher Grace... Oh, my God. No, no, Topher Grace won't be in it. because, because
0: No, because Tom Hardy is the yeah. modern Venom. They're not gonna do that, because they're gonna cross that shit over. So, what you... That's gonna happen. But, like, I'm really excited to see more of Tobey Maguire, because, like, he didn't get a proper ending. Like, Spider-Man 3 did not end this story properly... But on the same token, like, there is a large part of me that's scared that they're going to alter that legacy. And, like, I know that people will say that you can't change these movies. You can't change that they came out and that they're beloved and all that. But there is a part of me that's, like, I do have a very endearing memory of Toby Maguire's Spider-Man, and I'm scared they're going to screw it up.
1: I mean, I hope what they do is kind of, like, what, what's great—I mean, I don't know if it's great or what, or, like, you know, this probably was their— plan all along but like into the spider-verse like it's mm-hmm. like there's the spider-man and then there's the amazing spider-man and like yeah i think what they need to do is do something in that vein where like he's an older spider-man he's been living his life whatever all this stuff has happened i to would him. bet
0: if if they make it where as much time has passed as in real life yeah that he's not even spider-man anymore that he's like retired what's
1: what i'm saying is like i think that he should be like this this better like he's like in, in that one he's not yeah. really spider-man anymore he, he's he doesn't he kind of really. does
0: but yeah no not- he
1: was sitting in his apartment like all the time like so i just think that yeah i mean in his world miles morales could be spider-man by that point like yeah and i think yeah i truly like think that that's what they need they need to come at it is like he is more knowledgeable he understands like he's like oh and then you have the andrew garfield who's like a mid-career spider-man mm-hmm. who has been doing this for a while knows what he's doing and then you have tom holland who is just beginning, just beginning to understand, like, the weight of his power and the weight of his responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's cool, like...
0: Yeah, I, so, like, I'm really excited for it, but just to my larger point, I'm scared that they're just not... And, like, I trust Marvel with what they do, but... Trust Marvel with their life. But their universes are so different. I mean, yes, Tom Holland's the youngest and most inexperienced, but he has literally fought a god from space... And like, that's the thing in the Raimi universe,
1: it's grounded.
0: None of that can exist. Yeah,
1: it's grounded. I don't
0: believe another superhero exists in the Raimi universe.
1: They mentioned Superman,
0: so in okay, this- they mentioned Doctor Strange in the second one too.
1: In in this universe, apparently, there's Superman comics where Spider-Man is this hero. <laughs> uh,
0: apparently,
1: um, no, I get what you're saying, but when has I'm not saying that they're gonna like completely hit, yeah, but they're not gonna strike out.
0: Yeah, a, a bigger fear. Sorry, this is my actual fear,
1: and this is like this. Well, I mean, is this hinging, is like this Spider-Man is like hinging on the like phase. I mean, yeah, Loki started it, but like, yeah, this movie is the r- true beginning this, of the next phase.
0: This and Doctor Strange, which comes out like two months later, which is being directed by Sam Raimi. Like that movie, I would bet, I'd bet a lot of money that Tom McGuire is in that movie, too, because there, there's there been rumors that Sam Raimi's gonna use that to close the chapter on Spider-Man for his version. Who knows? Um, but, my my, my biggest fear, truly, with No Way Home is that they, they cheapen Doc Ock's death, because when he dies, he's, like, fully redeemed, and I don't know how you bring him back. That's the one, because, like, Spider-Man 2, which we'll probably do an episode on, Someday.
1: It, yeah, it's such a great Ending to a villain.
0: Yeah, where It's he, like it, Spider-Man Saves the day by reminding Doc Ock of who he is But Doc Ock Literally kills himself To save the problem that he so started what he
1: com- yeah, he com- so, so what, he comes In and he's And he's evil like, again like like, you br-
0: Cause like the thing is, in the Rim universe He's dead, so if he comes Back, that means that he was plucked before he died
1: so could it be they in this they plucked him in the middle of of number two
0: yeah i just don't know how it works and i'm i'm super excited for this um i know we're rambling about this movie but you know i just we have such an attachment to these characters that if it gets done poorly and i mean i know i'm gonna love it i just, know we're gonna be there chill.
1: it's gonna be okay jeez you're yeah. like, i think you're freaking yourself out
0: yeah a little bit well just because i like these movies that's the it's be okay factor. i promise but i'm excited to see something that we never thought we would get to see again yes, yes. so that's cool well
1: that's spider-man more yeah. than you'd ever want to know about spider-man
0: or less i mean you might want to know more <laughs> but anyway thank you everyone for listening. Our next episode is going to be our September movie roundup. Um at this point we're planning to talk about Shang-Chi, which we have not revealed any thoughts on yet. Um Dear Evan Hansen and then Venom. So two of the three are going to be superhero heavy and then one of them is the semi-controversial, not controversial. I haven't heard anything about it, honestly. Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah. Well, I've heard that it's controversial Ben Platt is still playing him. But
1: Yeah, no. He I- actually
0: quit the role today. He said he's never doing it live again.
1: I have very strong feelings, and I will not reveal if they're positive or negative until we talk about
0: it. Yes, but that will be our September movie roundup. We should be releasing that in like a week and a half, because we got a little bit off our release schedule. We're trying to get back on it.
1: And Um, then October is Bang 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 Movies. November is Bang 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 Movies. We're going to have a
0: lot to talk about, We hope in two episodes that we will have a guest. If you've made it this far in the episode, and you would like to talk about a movie in October... Last year, we did a Harry Potter movie in October. I would love to do one again or a horror movie, but... Hit us up. Hit us up, please. Um, But thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.
1: Bye. Harry tells me you're quite the science whiz. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself.